anything. I was, at the time, a consultant in the laying of roads, fortuitously placed in one of the less ruined wings of the gray castle, with a typer before me, a pen in hand, an automatic under my arm, and a cheery view through one cracked blast glass window over the decapitated headpiece of one of Mad Lord Phillips' Type 9s. I knew nothing about roads, save that they were supposed to go straight and flat most ways. It's important you know that. I was, and remain, a cheat and a swindler, a fast talker, a crook, a liar both by trade and vocation. I was, and remain, a man you should never loan five dollars to, never trust with a secret, your daughter, or anything even passing precious to you. Not a bad man, mind, but not your godly paragon of human decency, neither. Should I find you alone on the street one day and in need of aid or service, I might be the luckiest thing that could happen to you. Cannot resist a chance at chivalrous action or the opportunity to prove my better nature, me. But when we've done with our dance, once we've fixed your tire, driven off the hooligans, or found what has been lost, you should certainly check your wallet and watch. I've never stolen the nickels from a beggar man's cup, but I have taken dead man's shoes and hats, coats, shirts, ties, and occasionally identities. There's a difference there. Slight, but vital. Anyway, my liar's heart and the head over which I looked every working day from my wobbly desk were the reason I was where I was, part and parcel of how I'd come to find such gainful employment among the coterie of competent men pledged to serve his Stephenness, the King of Denver. See. It was large, that head, and it had fallen close enough to King Steve's own chambers that it had nearly put an end to the reign of one of the West's least dreary temporary monarchs. But in the moments prior to its being decapitated from its proper neckwise place, that head had sat atop the shoulders of a 100-foot-tall war robot under the command of mad, bad Lord Philip Sumner and his Kansas Reavers. During his final brash, foolish, and very nearly successful assault on the Gray Castle, said Kilobot, along with five others of its kind, had risen up from the siege lines surrounding Denver and had stomped all over various houses, shops, fortifications, and roadways in their hurry toward glory. So too had thousands of Lord Phil's soldiers, muties, steam tanks, metalmen, cowboys, conscripts, centaurs, Militia, assassins, eye-shooters, face-biters, gun-hands, and assorted flatland rabble. All of them scrambling along in the shadows of monstrosity, shooting up the place but good. Oh, it had been a hooli, that battle. All thundering guns and glory, waving flags, valiant deeds, and blood up to the knees. Or at least that's what I'd heard. Personally, I'd spent the entirety of it far and away up north in the Free Republic, well clear of any yucky blood or accidental glory, laboring away at the card tables and whiskey stills and saving my vital energies for such a time as a man of my particular talents might make himself useful. Dying at noble causes never made any man rich. That's just wisdom. But Hold'em, Seven Card, and Chinese Three-Tier, on the other hand, occasionally did and far fewer men have met the reaper while sitting at the card table than do amid such eruptions of martial splendor. So at the tables was where I'd stayed, 
There, and propping up the long oak at a variety of low-end boozers where a man with smart ears might hear a dozen fascinating things before breakfast. For days and nights and days I bided until the unwiser had settled their tiffs on the streets of the Queen City, and word had come north to Denver, lovely Denver had weathered her troubles. Needless to say, all that stomping, shooting, scrambling, and assaulting had chawed things up catawampously breaking much of the city beyond all simple repair. And while this made times rough on the citizenry, those who'd survived the troubles anyway, it also made lots of paying work for them that knew how such things might could get unbroke, and a nearly equal amount for them what could pretend at knowing, too. Which, of course, had been my cue to saddle up and scuff off post-haste. Fleeing Denver, I'd had to pass through closing siege lines three miles deep, another rousing.